show. Comic book flagship. Superman podcast, we should actually have a 20 minute introduction, like where it's just the fa- the fanfare playing <laughs> before we get playing. any sort of <laughs> content. Jesus, watching that movie, I'm I was just like, will this movie ever start? <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> you got you got nothing. I on got that. nothing. I I got. They feel a little crooked. I'm messing oh. with my. With my headphones here. That's all right. I'll live. Or I'll just rip them off halfway through in frustration. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Comic Book Logic. I'm your host, Joe. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Kevin. Hello. Today, we're doing a special supplemental one. We decided to take a break from the Marvel Universe and dipped a little our toe into the DC Universe yeah. for the 1978 <laughs> Richard Donner classic, Superman. <laughs> the 1978 <Dun>. DC Universe. <laughs> Which was one movie, followed and by three sequels. Not to mention the 1966 Batman TV show and the 1972 Wonder Woman TV show. Oh, yes. I, I guess we could. Yeah, there is. There is probably. There's a whole universe right there. Yeah. <laughs> With the love of my life, Linda Carter. Yes. <laughs> one day I'll be able to travel back in time. Get in on that. So, Kevin, we're we're gonna start off as we always do. <laughs> What did you know about Superman before you got into this movie? Before I saw this movie as a child the first time? <laughs> um, probably nothing. <laughs> this is probably where I learned. I was born in no, 1982. Well, well let's, let's so to say, age myself well, here. We, but, we just watched it recently, but before you, yeah. you rewatched it, did you, know, re-watched it. did you know anything about... Like, like sure. How, how, what's your depth of Superman I knowledge? feel like I know almost as much, oddly... Uh, about Superman as I as I did or do at this point about Batman, kind of going in like because I, I don't feel like there <laughs> he was dances a lot. A lot in the, in, he dances and then he fights Caesar Romero. <laughs> he That's does what, the Batusi. He does the Batusi. I uh, <laughs> no, I I I feel like there's not a lot of depth. <laughs> nope. To to pop culture, to to mainstream popular culture, Superman. It's Superman. He's from Krypton. He flies around. He has all the powers. You you pretty much nailed it right he there. Whatever else you need, yeah. um, you know about all the supporting characters and everything. You know, <laughs> Lois Lane and I know Jimmy the, Olsen. The big ones. Um, I even know, and I, and I knew this going into the movie because of last year talking about Superman Return. Last year or two years ago, whenever we did that, uh, the Superman, uh, not the Superman Returns, the Death of Superman, Death of Superman, Death yeah. of Superman comic book podcast. Um, and I found out that uh, Jimmy Olsen used to dress up as a turtle, which <laughs> turtle he does boy. not do in this film. No, which he does I not. was very disappointed to not see a turtle costume. So that's sort of my Superman deep cut. But otherwise, <laughs> Superman deep cut. <laughs> otherwise, it's the surface. I know what everyone's 
you know, parents know about Superman. Yeah, I mean, he Superman hung out with Richard Pryor briefly. <laughs> That's after this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so Superman is kind of considered to be the, the first of the cape and tight superheroes. Uh, first debuted in uh, 1938 in Action Comics number one. Action Comics. If you find a copy of it, you know, <laughs> it's, it's worth a little something. Go ahead and send it to Planet Arbitrary. <laughs> send it to Nicolas Cage. He has like four copies of it. Yeah. Oh, man. You know, before we get too deep into it, if you have an opportunity to track down the documentary, The Death of the... What is it called? It's The Death of the Return of Superman. I think that's what the documentary is called. It's the making of the 90s Superman movie. Super, The Death of Superman Lives. That's what it is. Okay. The 90s movie Superman Lives that was supposed to be directed by Tim Burton. Right. Written by Kevin Smith. There are just like... I've seen clips of I've it. I've seen the photos, like the test screening photos of Nick Cage. Oh my God. There's a moment where you could literally see... Uh, where you could literally see Tim Burton just like go, what the what am I doing? <laughs> um, we'll, and I'll, I'll get a little please bit. Stop me. I'll get a little bit more into that, and well, maybe a little bit later in the podcast. But yeah, he debuted in 1938. Originally, Superman did not have the power to fly. He was basically could jump really high. Okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah. but all not of like, as cool. Yeah, and he's been in tons of different media i went through and just looked at the live action productions of superman there was one two three four five six seven eight nine ten versions of superman live action su- superman before christopher reeves ever put on the tights wow yeah probably most famous is the george reeves from the superman tv show from uh, 1951 to 1958 mm-hmm. sure yeah including uh superman versus the mole men which is the yes? You you sometimes see that poster crop up every pop up every once in a while like classic a classic por- campy goodness right there <laughs> at a Portillo's you see it on the wall <laughs> right um, yeah. yeah and it, not including the radio show where he was you know famously that's where you get Kryptonite you get Perry uh, uh, I can't think of his name you get Jimmy Olsen Perry Mason per- not Perry Mason that's why I I got confused for a second <laughs> I'm gonna have to figure this out and then. Uh, dub it back in but that's where you get uh the daily planet and all the all of that stuff ah. from there yeah so that came from the radio show didn't come from the comics it did not come from the comics in fact um the like the interesting things about the comics is is the it's very movie based the comics were originally really heavily based on movies clark kent the, the name clark kent himself comes from clark gable and uh what's the guy's name uh kent Kent Taylor, who I did not know I before. Know. He's, he's <laughs> so one I couldn't those, help you. I, you would be the one person that I would assume would know who Kent Taylor no. is. But that's where the name Superman's alter ego, Clark Kent, comes from. Is Clark Gable and Kent Taylor. And Metropolis, the name itself, actually does come from the Fritz Lang movie, Metropolis. Okay. So yeah. you're like, oh, Metropolis. Anyways. That one I know. Yeah. I've, I've that seen. That does explain the giant robots that he always has to fight. <laughs> and the big clock he has to move <laughs> yes all the time it's the only thing i i can't sit through metropolis i tried doing it like twice and i'm like i'm not high enough to appreciate this movie <laughs> in any way shape or form but yeah uh if i didn't already mention it uh joe schuster and jerry siegel were the original creators of superman uh very famously they've gotten into uh lawsuits that have spanned decades over the ownership of superman yeah. Um, a lot of it has to do with the Sonny Bono laws, with copyright and uh, ownership materials of, of of comic book properties, like who actually creates it and who owns it. Damn you, Sonny. 
I believe it was they sold the original one. I don't have the exact number in front of me, but I believe it was some like paltry sum of like $130 they got for Superman, creating Superman. Oof. And Superman, arguably one of the most culturally recognized icons next to Coca-Cola and McDonald's sure. worldwide. Yo, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Mickey Mouse. And Because yes. we all know the Nazis loved Mickey Mouse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They did not like Superman, though he does have his, origi- his name origins in Nietzsche, but... <laughs> Well, they were always trying to create, you know, uh, Nazi Aryan Superman. Yes, it's uh, so Ubermensch. Ubermensch. Just, <laughs> just to replace yeah, and ours. It, and some of the funny things is that Superman was originally created as and would uh, Simon and Schuster, uh, Siegel and Schuster were originally I mean, originally uh, Siegel and Schuster were Jewish growing up, and Superman was very. Jewish in his origins, he comes from Samson. He comes from a lot of biblical stories of the mm-hmm. of the Superman of the Bible. He mm-hmm. has very dark hair. He's not the blonde, blonde hair, blue eyed Superman that you'd think the Nazis would like. But he's more, I guess, I don't know what the proper term would be, but he's more ethnic looking than most. He's an alien in an un, in, a, in a strange world, like two immigrants who come over to America. Yeah, um, and he was originally a fighter for the people he never like he wasn't really designed to fight like giant robots his, i believe in his first adventure he fights a crooked landlord and throws him out the window <laughs> <laughs> I, that's what he did, like, I told you to fix the toilet <laughs> it's like could you think of more like new york style like revenge stories that superman could do i mean like <laughs> like he goes and fights a guy who owns a deli because he skimped him on his meat <laughs> you know it's... Right. you're fixing the scales <laughs> yeah exactly he didn't give me enough bagels <laughs> punches him in the face i asked for the dark rye <laughs> exactly not the marbled you're rye. holding out on the dark rye <laughs> okay well as i come down here i'm looking for <laughs> exactly <Anyway>. exactly <laughs> faster than a speeding bullet <laughs> So now we're gonna do our, our recap of the movie. Yeah, and uh, you're gonna we're gonna split I can start this one. Us off. Yeah, uh, Kevin Kevin started off, and then I had... literally stopped taking notes at some point during the film. But so I'm we'll, not sure we'll how far. Let, we'll have to figure out where I I will have to catch up because I did take notes while while writing it. Okay, so we open up. Obviously, we open up on this movie with. The, the action comics sort of newsreel thing. Someone kind of says, very Xanadu. Bizar- yeah. <laughs> In Xanadu did Kublai Khan a stately pleasure dome decree. <laughs> Charles Foster Kane, dead. Um, Mar- Marlon Brando getting top billing, which I thought was great. Well, um, yeah. I, he must have insisted on that one. That was probably some some Brando business. I mean, we'll go into it with production, but his payday for this movie was legendary. Um. The the lengthy opening credits we were talking about, I think, oh before we started recording, uh, flying by all but you gotta, super like, the, you know, the big John Williams score, kind of Star Wars-y. That John Williams score is probably one of my favorite parts of this movie. 
the opening the, the, the credits, theme, yeah. the opening credits that we were talking about they before go, I think we they started literally, recording. Just... They go on for, I, I think I timed it, it was like seven minutes. <laughs> and it just like, it starts off great. It's like, you know, that bum, ba bum, 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 And you get you all excited in there. John Williams, Something I learned about that, John Williams wrote that, that, Bum, bum, bum. That's originally he wrote that by saying Superman. <laughs> sure. It goes on from that, and you go, and then you're getting really pumped, and you're like, "This is amazing!" And then by the time that the assistant key grips name comes up, you're just like, <laughs> "Jesus, let's get this over with." I don't know. I you know, it's not uh, off to a great start, but it's <laughs> it, it's. I don't know if that. I mean, if it was like a Star Wars influence, like they wanted to have that big slow opening crawl, and they thought. I mean, even Star Wars doesn't take that long to get started. No, but and the the thing is, is that Star Wars uh, Lucas got in a lot of trouble because he did not put any credits before the movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the credits are at the end of the movie. And it was the first one that really did that. Yeah. He got in a lot of trouble for that. And it's at that point when you're watching Superman and you're getting through this, you're like, thank God for George Lucas did something right. <laughs> as much as as much as I loved him in the in, all the way up until 1999 when he did episode one, that was like, I think, his biggest contribution to the film world. So we open up on Krypton, obviously. We op- we open up Once to- we finally get into the damn movie. Um- <laughs> we go to Deborah Harry's version of Krypton. <laughs> Krypton's there. Brando is uh, arguing about Zod. Zod is a Zod, bad guy. Nod, we don't get a ton of backstory on what the hell's going yeah. on right there, but yeah. uh, we know a little bit of it. They've Zod, done some bad Zod, things. Yeah, Zod re- led a rebellion, is what yeah. they say in the movie. He's Zod super bad. Zod led a rebellion. <laughs> Uh, and they need to be sentenced to whatever. They get sentenced to be into an I- iPad is what it was. <laughs> they, they're going to put into a, a space square. That is one of my favorite moments in the movie is when you have the giant floating heads going, guilty, guilty. Yeah, the council. The council. They say guilty and they all point one at a time at their giant faces. <laughs> it's so good. And they good. go, guilty. Um, and so they request that Brando after, so then they get put into a, a iPad, an iPad and launched into the space, space and are not seen for the rest of the movie. So no, really well, those are seen once more in, through, in the movie after the, after the rocket leaves Krypton, it flies past the giant oh. floating iPad and they're like, Hey, <laughs> Maybe it, we're still in this square. Why are we in this freaking square? Um, so then, you know, just to, just to be, you know, he helps them out and then it's like, Hey Brando, you know, we want you to join our new order. You got to join the new order. Um, but you know, he's Brando says, no, you know, I'm not, I'm not having any of this. Well, you got, uh, ta- well, first of all, let, let's give credit where credit's due. Zod played by Terrence Stamp. Just like he, Terrence Stamp knows what movie he's in right now. And he's like, he's got this like look in his face that's just like, you have betrayed all that is Krypton. And everyone is like, holy, like, we have no idea what's going on right there. No. I mean, I would, I imagine that someone in 1978 had no clue what the hell was going on at the beginning of that movie. It was very confusing. I, I had no idea what was going on in, in 2015. Yeah. I, I, I have no idea. And, and yeah, then the, the, they're like, he, Zod goes, you must be pa- and be part of us. We'll stand side by side together. And Brandon's like, I don't think so. I'm a little tired. I'll go get a sandwich. 
<laughs> but he but he but he says you know now they've got to evacuate the planet yes because he knows some yeah. bad shit is coming mm-hmm. uh it's gonna the planet's gonna explode i guess and he knows and for some reason nobody else seems to know this and they all just say like it's fine yeah it'll it's, blow over it's a little chicken climate change yeah. is a hoax exactly <laughs> i was gonna say it's a little chicken little where it's like the sky isn't falling come on <laughs> So they're like, you know, they're going to go in. They're supposed to leave the planet, but I mean, I guess they don't. So they, they, they get the Well, baby. he's forbidden to leave the planet. Oh, you, okay. Jorel, are forbidden to leave this planet. <laughs> I'd, so be like, he... I'd be like, how are you going to stop me if I leave the planet? <laughs> exactly. Yeah? I, I don't understand why he can't leave the planet, but, you know, he's got rules, I guess. So they put their baby. Yeah, little little baby. Little, little Kal-El. 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 Superman's a better name. Uh, Clark is slightly a better name, maybe. Um, he they give him the little golden. Ah, oh, this fucking. I have my notes here, and every time I touch the screen, Evernote likes to just like take up half the screen with yeah. my text editor. It's a huge pain. I forgot my iPad. Anyway, I forgot my they, iPad because there's yeah. aliens they, floating around space in it right now. They, I hope to get it back soon. But yeah, they put him in in the Sputnik. Is they what put they, him in the Sputnik. Dress him up in his little little the, Superman outfit. Yeah, the little the little red cape. They give him the little red cape. Yeah, he it grows with him. Yeah, I assume <laughs> it somehow just gets what he gets to keep the same one. Uh, and, and they give him the the entire audiobook collection of the readings of <laughs> Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando. The Marlon Brando history of the world. Marlon Brando reads the Encyclopedia Britannica, 1977. <laughs> or whatever. It'd be 1962. These are, <laughs> These are what plants are like. Wait, why am I talking like Ringo? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this is a dog. <laughs> the little fairy things. So they send him to Earth, and they say he'll need that advantage to survive. Yeah. Um, He'll be a god amongst men. Yeah. He'll be a god amongst men. I mean, (laughs) your your Brando's better than my Ringo. Uh, (laughs) So they blast him up, and, and he gets a crystal. Yeah, well, they they yeah they put those crystals in there. Yeah, yeah, the crystals are in there. I think that's what the recordings were on. I'm not yeah, pretty much. Sure. Yeah, uh, and then they send him to Earth, and then Krypton uh, dies because its sun explodes. Yeah, and it, then crazy giant crystals come up and kill everyone. Yeah, because that's Death what by happens. crystals. Yeah, <laughs> that's just what happens sometimes. It was the '70s. Like that whole crystal movement was just getting big. The crystal movements. Yeah, you know, like the like healing crystal crystals. Movement, yeah. yeah, all that new age stuff. That's where mm-hmm. it all came from. Climate change and uh, <laughs> and healing crystals. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much exactly. What it was. So yeah, he he he. You know, he's on his way to Earth. He he grows up. He's in there for a long time. He is doing he's just like, fine. At least two or three years. He's not eating anything. Superman doesn't need to eat and drink anything, does he? No, he's like a plant. He absorbs it. He like absorbs photosynthesis. It from the, yeah. Yeah. So well, he gets that, I guess, and uh, or so a marbled rye. He gets to learn about <laughs> literature and Chinese scientific writings which are you know good for a baby to learn now here's here's one of my big things how come they didn't do the whole credit sequence as he's flying from krypton to earth because (laughs) like it's like the exact same amount of time as the credits and it's just like flying through space it's like the opening of star trek like is that part of is that part of the donner cut i no i don't (laughs) see the donner cut that's that Superman two has the Donner cut. <laughs> uh, so he gets a little bit older. He grows up listening to Brando's voice, and then he lands in a cornfield. Yeah. Ma and Pa Kent's cornfield. Yeah. Glenn Ford and uh, 
his his prime yeah. right there. They the, um they managed to take this surprisingly well, <laughs> especially for and I and then there's a naked Superman <laughs> standing yeah. up like a full on naked child just in the on the screen. I was kind of like that's surprising. They they take it pretty well. Yeah, uh, Ma Kent, you know, she gets it. <laughs> she gets what's going on. Uh, and then Super Baby lifts a car. Yeah. And so we learn pretty early on that, that's one you know, of, he's that's Super an, Baby. Another one of my favorite little moments right there is there's a scene in that, that moment when he lifts the car, there's a music cue right there. And they just play the Superman theme a tiny bit. Yeah. And it's like, ooh, that's good. Yeah. That's really good right there. Yeah. Just a little thing. Just a little, he's doing a super thing. Yeah. A little Super Baby. Uh, so then we cut to Kent is, uh, so they obviously name him. Clark Kent. Yes, Clark. Um, uh, Clark is actually uh, Martha. Clark, Clark Griswold Kent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Clark is Martha Kent's maiden name. So Ooh. there you go. They mentioned that in the movie. Okay. I must not have written that down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's the equipment uh, equipment manager of the local football team. Smallville High. Smallville High. Gotta be. Um, he's adorable. Uh, he's no time for parties because he's got all that work to do. But he's a farmhand. He's got to work on the Kent farm. But he can kick a football we like can. a million yards. Yeah, but he his dad won't let him play. Nope. No, because he'd be too good. Yeah, and he'd kill everyone probably. <laughs> he would kill everyone. <laughs> he would tackle someone, and yeah. their spine would melt from the force. <laughs> they would liquefy. Uh, he can awkwardly run along with trains. Yes. Which is kind of fun, because then you get that, they don't mention it, but you know, kind of going in, there's that faster than a speeding bullet, locomotive. Yeah. Well, no, it's, more str- fa- it's, it's stronger faster, than a locomotive, right? Fa- faster than a speeding bullet, stronger than a locomotive. Yeah, stronger oh, than a strong, locomotive. Oh, stronger, okay. Yeah. So, but, they got, but we at least get yeah. to do something with that. I, I with misremembered that, with it. With that cute but. scene where he's like, where there's that girl on the train's like, Mommy, there's a boy running faster than the train. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Lois, stop it. And you're like, oh, it's as a kid. Yay. Yay. Foreshadowing. <laughs> um, so he, yeah, he wants to play football. He wants to show off his abilities, but Pa won't let him. Um, he says he's meant for more than that, mm-hmm. which, you know, I don't, I, I don't know if that's true, but because uh, he can make a lot of, lot of money playing football. <laughs> yeah. Uh, However, like, He's like, all right, Dad, that's it's it's fine, you know, not a big deal. <laughs> so yeah, so he says, you know, you need to keep your abilities a secret for now, and he says, okay, that's fine. Um, and then Pa Kent dies, and his last words were, "Oh no, <laughs> yeah," which not how I want to go. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's so abrupt too. He's yes. just like getting a bottle of milk or something. <laughs> He's just walking, and then he just dies. I want my last words to be more steak. <laughs> not even bring play. me another round <laughs> yeah exactly um so after the funeral uh clark discovers the big green crystal in the barn yeah he gets a psychic call yeah and he figures out it must be like, time to go home <laughs> he says it must be time to go home and ma can't cries and he heads north yes he goes north and, uh, and they he hug listens, he they listens, hug it out yeah. on uh, the set of days of heaven <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he goes up north listening to Pearl Jam and growing a beard. Oh, wait, that's the wrong movie. Oh, no, that's a deal. Yeah, no, that's a much worse version of this. So he goes <laughs> to the North Pole, I guess. Yep. Um, <laughs> that's when he realizes that he's meant for more, and maybe it's to make toys for children. <laughs> I'm not sure. 
Uh, he throws his crystal in the snow, and then a lot of crystals show up. And crystals and just grow. All the crystals everywhere in a big island or whatever comes out, and that's the Fortress, Fortress of Solitude. Solitude. Never yeah. actually mentioned as the Fortress of no, Solitude in the movie. No, we but know that. Yes. You know, it's funny. We, we, there, there was that whole thing after... Um, it was earlier this year, like the end of last year, where it was a thing that was online. It was Patton Oswalt being interviewed for some dumb show, and he was talking about um, the, the it was it was the the Justice League stuff. I don't think that the Batman versus Superman trailer had come out yet, yeah. but I know a lot of the Justice League pictures had come out, and he was talking about. Um, you know, his big thing that he kept joking was that uh, Superman isn't allowed to brood. No. You know, Superman's not a brooding character. Batman can be a brooding character, but all these other characters are supposed to be, you know, colorful and bright and fun and, you know, fight for justice. And I agree, except that Superman does have a place called the Fortress of Solitude, which I think was... Uh, th if that's not, a like, an emo band from the 90s, <laughs> then I'm not entirely sure what is. I mean... To be fair, all men have a fortress of solitude. For most of us, it's the bathroom. It's the bathroom. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sit on my throne of solitude. <laughs> I call it the Iron Throne. Yeah, the porcelain throne. Yes. And yeah, and then Superman. It's a weird. That's a weird little section there because he goes into the fortress, and then listens to Brando give a speech. For the third time. <laughs> right. Giant giant Brando shows up and he says, what's up? <laughs> Here's all the information you need for your backstory. Yes. <laughs> Exposition! <laughs> I mean, seriously, I Brando gives three massive speeches in this movie. And it's just like, god damn it, just stop. And, oh my god, the early computer effects on that. Yeah. It just suddenly becomes like this really trippy Atari sequence. Exactly, yeah. Really weird. Yeah. Very out of place. And then after Brando gives his speech, all of a sudden he's dressed as in the blue and red tights and flies off. <laughs> it's just like, he put him on. That was quick. <laughs> While he was talking, he's just like, I'm going to put these on. Yeah. No, 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 keep talking. I'm just going to put these on. Yeah, no, it's I'm fine. listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. Uh-huh. You're yeah, going to go I've heard on, this three and you're going to do stuff, and you're going to go to Metropolis. So... <laughs> Get a good job, like a reporter or something like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Prove the last forever. <laughs> God, my Brando's terrible. I'm not even trying. That's that's my old Brando. <laughs> Young Brando sounds like this. You know, there could have been something, Charlie. I could have been a kid. But old Brando, he's like this <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. You know, that's, that's how you do your Brando. I like you got to pick your Brandos. I like it. I don't pick your Brando. You got to pick your Brandos. <laughs> yeah, and he flies off, and, and then. <laughs> that was Coppola's motto as well. <laughs> you got to pick your Brando. <laughs> Coppola. Uh, so he goes to work for the Daily Planet. The Daily Planet. Because as we know, print will never go out of style. No. no. Cuts to that. Lois Lane. Uh, we meet uh, full-grown is... Margot Kidder. <laughs> full-grown Margot Kidder. <laughs> Lois Lane, who, uh, who can't spell. No. It, however, really fun sequence. Probably yeah. where I actually started to really enjoy the movie is when they yeah. finally got to the Daily Planet. Um. And the, all the stuff with Lois Lane not being able to spell and, you know. Mm -hmm. And Jimmy Olsen has to help and he's <laughs> taking all the pictures. And and then it's Clark's first day. We have no idea what makes him qualified to work in a newspaper. No, they... Uh, do, do they explain uh, it? Yeah, Perry, uh, Perry White says, 
you know, he's a great reporter and he's the fastest typist I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, okay. Is that all it is? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> this is a fast typist. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, you know. Because he has super speed. Once again, Superman using his superpowers to get a little further. Like, <laughs> exactly what his dad told him not to do. <laughs> Very true. Oh, it's okay that he doesn't run the football, but he could just type a little fast and it's a different story. Yeah, so he's, uh, but we have learned that he's super awkward, which is not surprising because he wasn't allowed to socialize and, yeah, like, play strange. sports and hang out with girls. He you just know, had to work on the farm and, and not talk to anybody. You know, and now that you say that, I always kind of thought, like, when I'm watching that movie, it's like, it was an act that he's putting on that, you know, I I have to act awkward and clumsy because, because I Because then super, people won't think, think that I'm, I'm Superman. Superman. Which but... I'm sure is a big part of it, but there's also that little, like... Yeah farm boy aspect of not being able to handle a woman like Lois Lane because she's a big city girl and he's yeah. a country bumpkin. Mm -hmm. So there is that aspect to and it. And he has no friends. No. He has no friends whatsoever. He goes home and he just sits Works and he just farm. looks at a wall. <laughs> That's all he does. We don't know what he does. We don't even know what his home life is like. He likes the white. Because it's sad. <laughs> he likes the white wall. It reminds him of his youth. <laughs> Oh, wait, that's a different that's show. That's a different, totally different. It's a different universe. <laughs> different cinematic universe. Um, and, he, and, he, and of course, he's a really fast typer. He sends half of his paycheck to his sweet, gray-haired old mother. mother. <laughs> exactly. Um, very nice. Um, actually, it's more silver-haired. I think that's the line. <laughs> great. That's right. I actually wrote that, but I didn't understand it. <laughs> So I'm glad you brought it up because I didn't. I, it was a couple of weeks ago that I actually watched this and took all these notes. So I have zero context on some of it. Um, great little sequence that they have uh, that I like that I want to mention where he says there's very few people left in the world who are comfortable saying that word. What <laughs> word? Swell. <laughs> <laughs> That's his country bumpkin yeah. thing. He would say swell. He is. He's got that country bumpkin. Just he. He can't. It's it's a great juxtaposition of. Not only country life versus city life, but the 1938 Superman, 1938, 1940 Superman versus the 1970s, you know, the, the original idea of Superman versus this modern notion of what society is. Yeah. Can they be compatible? Right. And that's and that's what you have to do, I think, in in update, you know, whatever era you set Superman in. I think he's always going to be rooted in some sort of the context of when he was created. Yeah, the 1930s Americana you know? that that Tom Joad esque. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So he's gonna he's gonna say silly words like swell, and he's gonna get stymied by revolving doors. Yeah. Uh, but then a robber. Yes. An honest to goodness robber. In Metropolis. I thought for a second I was in the Muppet movie. Like, that sequence <laughs> reminded me of something right. out of, like, Muppets Take Manhattan. <laughs> Miss Biggie's chasing yeah. him down on... <laughs> it, it really does... It, isn't it, it's like something out of, like... like yes, Gregory Hines' roller skates. <laughs> I don't know, man. I've always said... To my, I've always said... <laughs> yes. I've always said 1970... I, I would never like to go to New York now because New York now is nothing like the New York that I... That I want to go. I want to go to the 1978 New York where they have like street muggers right. and pornography in Times Square. Filthy porno Times Square. Serpico, all yes. of that stuff. Everyone's just sweating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all the There's time. Garbage everywhere <laughs> strewn on the streets, like papers yeah. flying around. That does not exist anymore. But yeah, the sequence reminded me something out of the Muppets Take Manhattan. Like you would never see this happen in real life. 
So the robber shows up, and then Clark is just basically a huge tool. He yeah. doesn't really do anything, and Lois kicks him in the face, and <laughs> he gets shot. Uh, Clark gets shot, and he pretends, oh, I... I oh, I'm injured, and then he faint. Pretends like he faints. You no, know, I but... think I think more than that. It's the robber shoots Clark, and, and Clark pretends to faint with the gunshot. Right, but in reality, in reality, it just no. He grabs the bullet. Oh, he grabbed the bullet. I thought yes. it sort of smashed. No, against no, he him. he grabbed okay. the bullet and pretended like it missed him, but he fainted. Yeah, yeah, that's what happened. Wiener. Yeah, such a wiener. But it's got that little glint of like. I know what's up. Yeah. I caught the bullet. <laughs> and I can never use this to get laid. No, never. <laughs> but he never. will. Yeah, he eventually. He will kind of yeah. use it to get laid later. Uh, so then we get to meet Ned Beatty. Yes! Great character. Oh. Love me some Ned Beatty. Uh, so the cops are following Ned Beatty because they're going to lead him. Uh, he's going to lead them, rather, to Lex Luthor, criminal genius. Yeah. Uh, who, of course, it turns out he's just about, he's he's preparing to commit the crime of the century. As Lex Luthor always does. Yeah. One thing about Lex Luthor in this movie is every time he shows up, he immediately, he has to mention that he is a criminal genius. Yeah. That's, well, you know, that seems to be his claim to fame. He doesn't really seem to have another job. So his job and title is criminal genius. And he, he, he has this great crime lined up. He only had to kill one detective to do it. Yeah, with a train. <laughs> I think he killed Kolchak the Night Stalker. I think that's who he killed. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, the, the crime involves land. It's the only thing they're not making more of. <laughs> Always with the land. I, I, well, let's let's be fair. It's You meet Lex Luthor, who is the head of this little criminal thing, with his mall, Miss Tussmacher. Yes. And Ned Beatty, his henchman, is Otis. So. Otis. Right. <laughs> Otisburg. Otisburg. Love him. <laughs> yes, his, his whole plan is, is to buy up all of this worthless desert and land in California. You don't really know why yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't know why, but we will soon. Yes. We Lex, will soon. Lex Luthor, criminal genius. <laughs> with, with, you know, that, that's prime Hackman, where, you know, he's... In, this is, I think, pre-Hoosiers. I think so, yeah. But post-French Connection, Gene yes. Hackman. Yes. Yeah. He, he is very much in his prime. Yes. Great guy. Great actor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I say that about him, like, like we're just talking about this guy we know. Like, oh, yeah, you know, he's a great guy. Great guy. Great guy. <laughs> um, back to Daily Planeteers. Um, Lois Lane is up in a helicopter. She's yeah. She's going off to meet the president, who's flying in on Air Force <laughs> like One. Like you do, like you do, <laughs> like the Daily Planet does. But there's a problem. Helicopter goes haywire. Uh, not entirely sure why, but uh, it looks like this might be the end for Lois Lane and company. Um, they land uh, on the building and they're kind of teetering. Yeah. And bad things are going to happen. Uh, and then out comes Clark. Who, which is kind of one of those funny nods where he glances at a phone book. That's the kind of jokes they still make in these comic yeah. book movies. We talk about this every episode of yeah. like the little reference to the original thing. But where he would run into a phone but, booth. Uh, and, we're yeah. not going to do that. Like because phone booths have changed. Now you can't even find a damn phone booth anywhere. <laughs> right. So what? What would he even do? Even in 1978, he saw one. It's Dude. just like, but they're all see through yeah. because so many people were taking off their clothes in them. <laughs> So they couldn't do that anymore. Now nowadays, you just pull out his cell phone and go, oh, and put his cell phone back in his pocket. <laughs> no calls. 
<laughs> Didn't get any calls today. But instead, he uses something symbolic of the 1970s, the revolving door. The revolving door, <laughs> yeah, which he was earlier confused by, but now he seems like he gets it. And so he spins around and around and around somehow, and uh, out he comes speed. as Superman yeah. using his super speed. And he flies up, and, you know, he saves the day, obviously. And, and then we get... A, a series of vignettes of him doing multiple things across the city. Yeah, he he. There's a jewel thief. Um, he stops a police chase and a shootout. Well, because of just like the 1970s, of course, there's a guy trying to climb a building. He go oh, yeah. That only existed in the 1970s. <laughs> it's like how quicksand only existed in the 19, you know, the 1940s and 50s. Yeah. You never see quicksand anymore. You never see a guy trying to scale a building with suction cups anymore. No. No, not even the cat burglars. No. And Superman catches him. Does that? Um, of course, he saves a cat. He does save a cat from a tree. Got it. You know, yeah. you got to have that. That's he's, he's wonderful. Saves Air Force One. Um, and then Air Force One gets struck by lightning, and so you know he saves that too, which is yeah, good of him. <laughs> good on you, Superman, <laughs> saving that plane. <laughs> yeah, but I, I did like my favorite is that when he saves the cat in the tree, and the little girl comes in and it, it tells her mom like Superman cape, and the mom you just hear. Don't lie to me. I was like, holy jeez. <laughs> Superman <laughs> saved the cat, but didn't save the kid from abuse. No. No, he, he doesn't have enough time to stop parents from hitting their children in the 70s. It was the 70s. It was expected. <laughs> Superman would have smacked the girl for the mom if she asked. <laughs> Don't lie to your mother. Don't lie to your mother. But you did. <laughs> You're right here. Don't talk back. No, I'm not. Flat. <laughs> Uh, so Lex finds out about Superman, because now he's all over the news. Yeah, and he's, right? he's afraid Everybody that it's going to screw him. up his, his plan. Yeah, so he says he can't be from this planet, you know, there's there's no, no way. So he's got to try to figure it out, and he says, you know, he, he says, he says if anybody was going to perpetrate, it's got to be a ho- it can't be a hoax, because if anybody was going to pull off a hoax like that, it would be him. Exactly. So it has to be real. It, it, so he has to be a real, I guess, alien. The, and deductive, the deductive logic yeah. of Lex Luthor. It's he's not wrong. Or is, is it inductive logic? It's one of the two at this point. <laughs> he's he's not wrong. No, he's not. Uh, and Ned Beatty's costumes are all dope as hell. They are. I, I mean, really appreciate all his pimp outfits. And <laughs> he stuff. does. I also appreciate the fact of Lex Luthor wearing and having a different hairstyle in every in every scene. I don't know if you noticed that. No, I didn't. Yeah. But that's There's, great. The, I'll go a little bit into it in production, but it's it, they're all supposed to show that he's wearing different wigs. Hmm. Okay, I may have yeah. noticed it because I definitely, you know, you know about the wig thing because you yeah. know he's supposed to be bald, like yeah. the character is supposed to be bald. Yes. Um, so, of course, we get, you know, the obligatory thing where uh, Perry White wants to run, you know, he's, he's like, I got to get the inside scoop on the Superman. And uh, so Superman agrees to grant an interview with, with Lois. Lois. Only with Lois. By the way, something I didn't really realize until I watched the movie, God knows how long ago it's been since I watched this movie. But how Perry White is so much proto J. Jonah Jameson from Spider-Man. Like, you know, because yeah. J. Jonah Jameson is like, give me Spider-Man. I want pictures of Spider-Man. I want poems about Spider-Man. Give me everything about Spider-Man. <laughs> like, Perry right. White is doing that, but about Superman. But he's not quite as mean about it. And it's like, you got to really appreciate that Perry White performance in, in this movie. That it's just like, wow, he really nailed that character. Yeah. yeah. That 1970s news media guy. Yeah. Know? It's like, give me the tapes. Where are the tapes? <laughs> Right. <laughs> Holly Hunter's running through with the, yes, with the, with the, the change out the video. Yeah. Um, My, our obligatory broadcast news reference of the podcast. We find out that in the interview, 
Uh, so we find out not a lot, but we do. He he plays it very coy because it's really all just an excuse to flirt. Um, but he we find out that he has trouble seeing through lead. Yes. So, which I guess is good because then that means that should ease everyone's mind that they could see inside their homes because by then everyone's house still paint. had lead paint. Yeah, so, exactly. No, we can't use his x-ray vision to watch you uh, changing your clothes. Yes. <laughs> as long as you use safe and reliable and durable lead paint. <laughs> lead, lead, lead. <laughs> <laughs> So Superman takes Lois flying somehow. Oh, with one of my favorite sequences of all times. The, can you hear what I, can you hear what I'm thinking? Can you read my mind? Yeah, that poem, and it's just like, what is the point of this? I... But it's so iconic of that movie. That's very weird. It's... The whole thing. My my, I quoted my wife here, um, who said, and I quote, "The whole thing is pretty fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> the whole sequence. It's uh, I could quote my wife." Because she had fallen asleep at this point in yeah. the movie. Yeah, that's just a terrible... What a super man. Yes, what a Superman. Super that the oh. S gave it away, but whatever. Oh, my God. So... Yeah, and that's where you left that's off? That's as far as I got. So, All right. uh, that Lex Luthor decides to do something. I wrote, Lex Luthor decides, and then stopped writing. Yes, that's he... as far as I got, so... Yes. Well, Lex Luthor has discovered at this point that... Superman is from, probably came to Earth relatively at the time when this meteorite also hit Earth, which would contain fragments from his home planet, which would be radioactive to him. I don't know where he comes to this conclusion, but he does. <laughs> and I don't know how that, of all the meteorites that probably hit the Earth, Earth and yeah. how that one wasn't news. Yeah. Um, he it, figures it out somehow. It hit in the Mideast somewhere, and so he goes and steals it just because he can, apparently. I don't know how he got... He's a criminal genius. <laughs> he is. He, his passports were all in order, I guess. <laughs> and also, at this time, the U.S. military is going to be doing a secret nuclear test of two missiles. So luckily, him, Otis, and Miss Tessmacher are able to hijack Larry Hagman's military convoy. <laughs> yes, that was Larry just Hagman. The three of them. Yeah, just the three of them. And reprogram the missiles to fly off. So, at this point, Superman's doing his thing, flying around the city, and he all of a sudden hears a dog whistle, <laughs> and it, he goes and he follows it down to Lex Luthor's base, and uh, there, he, uh, he's scanning, he, Lex Luthor explains the, the grand scheme, saying that there's two missiles that are gonna fly off, they're gonna blow off the San Andreas Fault, causing right. California to fall into the ocean, and all the land that I bought up along this right. is going to be worth millions. That's that thing that everyone was obsessed was going to happen during the 70s and 80s, and was now, that California was going to fall into the ocean. In 2015, we have a movie called San Andreas that's coming out, so... Yeah, that's true. It doesn't go away. No. At this point, in California probably... Like, they would probably be happy with it falling into the ocean. Because it would it'd be like, oh, God, the drought's over. <laughs> We're in the ocean. <laughs> Sorry, California. So Superman, so he's like, we're sending two missiles, one to California to blow off the San Andreas Fault, and the other one to Hoboken, New Jersey, right? Is, that, is it Hoboken, or is it? Yeah, or like a, yeah. It's something some, like that. Yeah, it's, I, I always say Hoboken. East but I Orange. It's East Orange West Egg. What? <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, it's not Hoboken. It's something like similar Elizabeth. to yeah. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. So he blow to sends off the two missiles. Superman's like, "Well, where are the codes? How are we going to change this?" And so he says, "Ah, they're in that lead box over there." He opens up. Oh no, it's kryptonite. because ah! he couldn't see through the box. He couldn't see through the box. It's a lead box. Right. So they put the chain that has a kryptonite on him, and Superman toss him into a pool. He, and his palatial subway 
you know palace that he has underneath yeah. there. Prime, what does it say? Prime Park View Avenue, and she's like, "It's a hundred feet below Park Avenue." <laughs> and Lex Luthor goes off to enjoy the spoils of his victory, but Miss Tessmacher's there. She's like, "My mother lives in Hoboken, New Jersey," and she says, "Superman, you promised to save Hoboken first. And he's like, "Yes, I promise to. I never lie." She's like, "Okay." And she takes the chain <laughs> off, and he goes off and flies yeah. off. He stops the one that's going for Hoboken first. I know it's not Hoboken. It's driving me crazy that I can't think of it. I'll fi- figure it out later. Yeah. But he saves that missile. Then he goes and speeds off to go to the other m- missile. And uh, unfortunately, he's too late. The missile strikes. Yeah. However, we get lots of scenes of him flying around and saving the, you know, San Fr- uh, the Golden Gate Bridge and all these mm-hmm. places. He's flying all up and down the coast helping out. Yeah. But little does he know that Lois Lane is driving along the coast doing story on why Lex Luthor is buying up all this property and she falls into the San Andreas fault. I think that's what happens. <laughs> Not clear. Exactly. She sees it kind of chasing her. Oh no, I'm trying to drive away from the San Andreas fault. <laughs> you can't, uh, you gotta uh, know, you can't outrun an earthquake. It's like a uh, light Sunday drive on the San Andreas fault. <laughs> um, so Superman is unable to save her in time. He gets there and he's like, no! And in the most iconic, bizarre things that ever happened, Superman flies off into the stratosphere yeah. and goes around the Earth. Now, there's numerous debates on what he's actually doing. Some say that he's going so fast that he's traveling back in time himself and that the Earth the, the Earth rotates differently because it's just symbolizing him going back in time. Or some say that he's actually reversing earth going backwards yeah and that's causing him to go back in time no one yeah. really knows all that he knows is that he does go back in time and saves lois but if he saves lois what happened to the rest of the coast and the missile in hoboken like yeah. it's never really explained yeah the missile in hoboken should have still happened i i'm guessing it's, i don't know no it's not the, to mention there should be a second superman now yeah there's two so well no well, yeah, because I guess the second Superman wouldn't have any excuse to go back in time to save Lois, and now there's two Supermen on Earth. Yeah, this well, is but the... this, that starts to get into it. We, we could have a whole time that's, travel podcast, and we won't do yeah. that to you. But uh, rest assured, it's it's on our minds. Yeah. Um, it's the Back to the Future paradox in a, in a lot of I ways. I like yeah. the time travel idea better than the rotating the Earth literally. Yeah. Going Because... A, that, of course, makes no sense whatsoever. Um, <laughs> Kevin, and, neither of this makes any sense. I know. No, I know. But <laughs> One makes less sense than the other. Well, well, if we're going to if we're gonna say time travel is, is possible and Superman can travel back in time by going around really, really fast, then fine. I mean, it's it's he can do all these other crazy things. He might as well also be able to do that. It's nothing they, hadn't, they didn't do in Star Trek IV in 1984. But the moving, the actual rotating the Earth backwards and, and unrotating it, I mean— Hackensack, Hackensack, New Jersey. There you go. Hackensack, hack, 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 hack. The the devastating effect. It would be way worse than one earthquake in California um, if the Earth rotated backwards. Although that moment in which the Earth stopped rotating before it started rotating backwards, um, we would all uh, experience weightlessness. Yes. Briefly. Fly off into... And then we would fly off into space, space and we would all die anyway. So so Superman saves Lois. Then he flies and gets uh, um, 
Luther and Otis and takes him to jail. Yeah. Where Luther famously takes off his wig and goes, do you know who I am? You know, that that sort of scene. And then mm-hmm. Superman flies off into outer space and then freeze frame. Yeah, freeze frame on Superman. It'd be funny if they actually played freeze frame. Like, the Jake oh. Isles band yeah, exactly. hits <laughs> freeze frame from yes. the movie Superman. <laughs> then there you go. That's Superman, the 1978 Superman. What a weird movie. It's so bizarre. Okay, production notes times. Um, famously done by the Salkins. Uh, 1973, that went into pre-production. Um, it was a big deal. Uh, negotiating with DC. This is back in the day, you know, like comic, you didn't make comic book movies. Yeah. But you got to remember Superman's an icon. He'd already had TV shows. He had lots of that stuff going on. Yeah. Um, DC actually. Super, superheroes were, were a part of the, the lexicon, you know, not a lot of the deep characters but you know a, a lot of the stuff in cartoons and in tv and in radio and like people knew who these characters were yeah i mean you have to i think part of the reason why superman was able to be made was because superman was so iconic not only did you have the cartoons but the radio show like uh, people who would be going to see this movie you know i always hear things about my parents telling me of like how, having to dress up to go to the movies in the 70s you know it was a thing you didn't just like yeah. you know like we go now and i'm like i'm lucky i'm wearing right. pants to go to the movies <laughs> this is afternoon by yeah. putting my feet up on the chair in front of me <laughs> yeah exactly smoking a giant cigar <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, i still do that it's like something out of cape fear that's what i do when i go yeah. to the movies yeah uh-huh. and uh the i think that they were able to do it because there was people who would be going to it who remembered the radio show who remembered the tv the george yeah. reeves tv show and kids who watch Superman on the Super Friends and mm-hmm. even older people who remember the old Max Fleischer cartoons. Yeah. That, so I think they were able to get away with it that way. Now, they wanted to cast someone famous as Superman. They, you know, names pop up, uh, including James Caan, Al Pacino, Muhammad Ali, Steve McQueen, Clint Eastwood, Dustin Hoffman, which would have been hysterical as Superman, mind you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even. Tootsie definitely was not. Tootsie was eighties. No, it was yeah, like eighty two. So yeah. this would have been like uh, uh, definitely postgraduate. Yeah, but graduate was was late sixties. So yeah. I don't know. Um, uh, little big man. Well, I think that was seventy. I think that was really early on too. Yeah, I remember offhand what he was what he was up to at that point. I'm yeah. sure some some big stuff i'm just forgetting yeah but it's definitely a little uh <laughs> you know i think that would have been amazing uh i think the one that was probably came closest was james con which would also have been pretty funny to have james con as superman like the cur- that. the curly wig james con yes. the curly haired james con playing superman <laughs> flying around uh post post godfather james con yeah yeah uh but he actually says he says i looked ridiculous in that suit 
That's what he says when he did the screen test for it. Oh. They were they were desperate to find someone to play Superman. They couldn't do it. They could not find someone to do it. Like they tested someone dentist. That's very uh, a very famous story. If you there's so many good documentaries about this movie that you could watch that give you so much information on the production, like what they went into. And then the, finally they settled on Christopher Reeves, who had not done much at the time. Um, I think he'd done a couple TV miniseries. He'd done some TV stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he put on, I think, 25 pounds of muscle. And he doesn't even look like it. I guess I'm just so jaded by the 80s action hero muscle yeah. of Stallone and Schwarzenegger that you can't really, like, you're looking at Christopher Lee Reeves, it's like you don't even tell. Like, they don't even try to make the bodysuit, like, skin tight, you know. Right. You know, I, I could put on that suit and kind of look muscular with it, I guess, <laughs> which is very, not nah, no, not at all. <laughs> but, yes, um... So then, then of course, you have the writer. And who do we get to write Superman 1978? I don't know. Mario Puzo. Wow. Writer of The Godfather. Really? Yes. I didn't even know that. You didn't know that? that? Oh, wow. I didn't wow. even know that. Yes. It, they had, he had to include a scene where they were made spaghetti in order to show how authentically Italian <laughs> Superman was. He, he cut the garlic, you know. You get like the, the garlic that's real thin. Good fellas. <laughs> that's good oh, fellas. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. <laughs> I was trying to make a joke, and I completely forgot that. <laughs> I was just reading something about the Goodfellas. Um, yes, and so the uh, they and actually the filmmakers decided that they wanted to make Superman and Superman Two back to back, which is okay. I believe actually the second movie that ever did that. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. The only other movie I know off the top of my head that had done it beforehand was the Three Musketeers and the Four Musketeers, which had done that. I believe it was the early 70s. Hmm. That well, the very classic Three Musketeers that I absolutely love with yeah. you know, uh, the guy who, from Logan's Run. <laughs> <laughs> um, hold on. Uh, so for directors, they courted numerous people. Steven Spielberg, of course, was top on their list. Uh, the, he had just done Jaws at that point. Yeah. And uh, also George Lucas. You know, these I, I I tend to feel like in my research, this is a lot of like hindsight for the making of the movie because I feel like they wouldn't have gotten Spielberg. They wouldn't have gotten Lucas. They wouldn't have actively pursued them because they hadn't even really made their famous stuff yet. I mean, Jaws would have just come out right before then. Uh, Star Wars hadn't, uh, during pre-production hadn't even come out yet. He'd only done THX and American Graffiti. Yeah. So I don't know if they would have went with even actively pursued Lucas. They might have sure. asked him going around, but eventually they did settle on Richard Donner, mm-hmm. who I don't know if he had done anything crazy beforehand either. Uh, um, The Omen was kind of yeah. his big, that was his feature debut. They should have got Gregory Peck to play Superman. <laughs> Lois. <laughs> I can't see through lead. <laughs> At least you could do a Gregory Peck. I'll give I'll give you that. I can, I can't do a Gregory Peck. Uh, yeah, I would say that the Omen was a was a pretty big one, um, and then famously, for a salary of three point seven million dollars, including uh, eleven point seven five of the box office, when he ended up getting which totaled nineteen million dollars, Marlon Brando signed on as Jorel. The biggest coup, I think. Like people still talk about how they got Marlon Brando to play Jorel. Yeah. 
Um, Marlon Brando, of course, was being was this is this is peak Brando at this time where he re- oh, re- yeah. refused to learn lines. Oh, right. The, just this was, yeah. yeah, this is this is this would have been right before he would have just then probably transitioned right into Apocalypse Now, yeah. which was also famously a, 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 a hellish experience <laughs> yeah. for Brando, for 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 Brando and for everyone who had to work with oh, Brando. Also, they tried to get speaking of it, they tried to get Coppola to do the movie, too. Ah, so, yeah. That would have been interesting. Yeah, I don't know if he would have done that well. I think Donner was probably the right pick. Yeah, it, it would have been a different movie. I could see if you wanted to, to do like a period thing. Yeah. If you wanted to set it like in the 40s and do like a really early historical maybe, yeah. period Superman. Um, that could have worked maybe. But maybe I'm just thinking because that's Coppola the, yeah. at the time. But I, but I think Coppola could have shot New York pretty well. But I think Coppola would have taken a different approach to it i think coppola can't do the light cheesy comic booky stuff no yeah, i mean it would have been real it would have been real heavy-handed yeah i i yeah now that i'm thinking about that yeah so yeah they they paid him a huge amount and you know there's a very famous brando quote where he's like these people are alien why don't you just get a bagel and film that on screen and i'll just film the voice work <laughs> a bagel <laughs> Um, <laughs> the bagel people of Krypton. <laughs> exactly. That was that was literally a, a. That's not a direct quote, but that is a paraphrase of his quote. Yeah. And he did say bagel. I think. I think he said green bagel. Yeah. Uh, get a get a green bagel. You gonna eat that? Gonna <laughs> <laughs> eat that. So yeah, he, they they filmed that, and they also uh, Gene Hackman was also another coup for Lex Luthor. Gene Hackman famously did not want to shave his head. He refused to shave his head. He also had a mustache like everyone did in the 1970s and refused to shave it because my father has had a mustache since the 1970s and has refused to shave it up until 2015. So Gene Hackman holding onto that mustache was a big deal. But there was a there's a very famous anecdote of Donner meeting with Hackman saying, you got to shave the mustache. And he's like, no. So Donner says, I'll shave my mustache off if you shave yours. And he goes, okay. So Gene Hackman shaves off his mustache, and he's like, all right, Donner, you got to do it. And Donner just pulls off the mustache. It was a fake one the entire time. <laughs> what? Yeah. But, however, Hackman didn't want to be filmed bald. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily for whatever reason, but he agreed to do one scene, and that was at the very, very end with where he pulls off the wig and shows that he's bald. I don't think it was absolutely necessary for Lex Luthor to be bald in the movie. I think it was no. fine. I no, just, uh, no, no, but, you know, that's that thing where, like, it's got to look like the character. And it, it doesn't. No, I it mean, doesn't we, at all. We deal with that now where it's like, you know, it was a couple of years ago. It was like Spider-Man can't be black. Yeah, Spider-Man you know, can't be because black. Because Spider-Man yeah. was never, what, drawn black. Like, who gives a shit? It's a fictional character. Yeah. Just do it. It's just fine. do it. Yeah, there's no problem with that. Um, And then, of course, uh, Margot Kidder as Lois Lane was the other big cast um, that was also uh, there's a very very famous and I've talked about this before a very famous video that you can find of all the women auditioning for the the role of Lois Lane and there was uh, a very you know of course Lois Lane's on there it's like every ingenue of that time period yeah had auditioned for it um Oh, by the way, uh, another weird casting thing I thought was that I thought for years that Miss Tussmacher was played by Liz, uh, by uh, Eileen Brennan. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why, so, but so while you're looking that yeah, up, no, well, I, I I want to go back just because uh, we were we were wondering about Dustin Hoffman, yeah, um, and what he was doing at the time, and I only want to go back because his 1976 he had two features. 
All the President's mm-hmm. Men and Marathon Man. Ooh. So he would have been right off of those two movies. Yeah. Robert Redford also so auditioned. I could see that. For, yeah. They wanted Robert Redford. <laughs> I think they couldn't afford Robert Redford. I think that was Probably. what was going on at the it's, time. Especially if it was they gave all their money to Brando. <laughs> I want all the monies and the bagel. <laughs> <laughs> but if and, and the audition video for Lois Lane, the best, the best one hands down was Leslie Ann Warren, because and I just she was just. So likable as Lois Lane in that audition footage, if you can find it. Mm-hmm. The only the reason I think she even auditioned was because she was in the Superman musical "It's a Bird, It's a Plane" that was running on Broadway. She played Lois Lane in that musical. Okay, so I, I that's why she auditioned. But she had, she nailed that part. As much as I like Margot Kidder, Margot Kidder was also two years old, two years older than Christopher Reeves at the time, and I did. It's just an amazing casting thing. Like, do you think about it nowadays? They would have never have pulled a casting like that in this in modern era of Hollywood. Like Margot Kidder would never have been cast as Wonder as Lois Lane in that in in modern day Hollywood. Someone who's older than the main character. Who, yeah, yeah. It just it just wouldn't work, and it they just wouldn't do it as a as a romantic lead. But yeah. but it's not a it, it's not really a romance. I think because in in, in the traditional sense. Oh yeah, because it's um. For one thing, it's a given. Everybody knows about this romance. Everybody yeah. knows Superman is a thing with Lois Lane, and Clark obviously likes her too because it's the same person. But she doesn't like Clark because he's because uh, he's know, a ridiculous. Nebbish. He's a ridiculous nebbishy oaf. <laughs> yes. Um. So maybe that's how they get away with it. But otherwise, I don't know. I I would love to have seen Leslie Ann Warren by Lois the way. Lane. Yeah. I mean the. I I, I don't maybe know. a little too like potentially sultry i don't know yeah no i i completely agree on that part i also have part of my let me see i'm trying to find the guy's name who played young clark kent in high school because there's i i for for life me i don't have it in my notes right off the bat but there's his voice was dubbed by christopher reeve oh huh yeah they didn't is it's so funny, like, why would they do that? Why couldn't they just get Christopher Reeve and make him look younger? As Like, just I... dress him up younger. Instead, they have to get someone to cast him. And, like, he's probably obviously, like, only, like, like if he's in high school at the time, it's like, he's, like, 16, 17 yeah. at that time. And then he goes to Metropolis at, like, what, 21? It's like it's only, like, a five-year difference. It's <laughs> right. not a big deal. Right. You know? It should have been doable. It should have been doable. I don't know why they did it, but they did it that way. Um, I also wanted, just beforehand... Uh, the movie only won three and was only nominated for three Academy Awards. Uh, I, the fact that it was nominated for any is amazing. Well, just wait. It's it's best film editing, best score, which sure. I believe it should have won, but it did not. And um, what was actually nominated against was uh, um, Midnight Express with Giorgio Moroder, okay. Boys from Brazil, Jerry Goldsmith, Days of Heaven, <laughs> uh, Ennio Morricone. Uh, Heaven Can Wait, Dave Grusin, and Superman. Like, yeah. and actually what, what what won was Midnight Express. Yeah. Now, I went and I listened to the Midnight Express score. It's a very good score. Very good. The Chase. Awesome. However, Superman is better. <laughs> John Williams, Superman. I, I, yeah. I like, it's not I like It's not like John Williams was robbed of his Oscar. The man has more, is the most Oscars <laughs> out of anybody. I think he has the record for most Oscars. Mm. And but I mean I I guess I bet you if I if I interviewed him he'd be like yeah 
I should have won that I one. I should have won that one, too. I mean, that's one of his top three most recognizable scores of all time. So it's uh, it's pretty – like, uh, he was robbed. <laughs> also, do you know what won Best Picture that year? I don't. Set in 70, it was 79, but the 78 Oscars. I don't. The Deer Hunter. Oh, yeah, I should have known that. Yeah. So and, you know, right? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I just I, – I find it so funny, like – I actually think that this movie probably could have won, or at least been nominated for a couple more Oscars. Had it they were, uh, had it they been doing what they do now, the like the nine to eleven or so, um, it probably would have. I mean, like just for the just for the technical, um, yeah, production and and the the special effects. And the, but the thing on top of it too is like you got to remember this is seventy eight and like from nineteen seventy six to like nineteen eighty was like some of the best years that Hollywood, some oh, yeah. of the best movies Hollywood has ever produced. <laughs> yeah. We were, we were, we were on the tail end. We it was winding down yeah. the, uh, the sort of, uh, uh, huge boon of American filmmaking from the, the late sixties into 1980, pretty much ended in like 1980. Um, yeah. arguably it was killed by Samino um, director of the Deer Hunter, not with the Deer Hunter, but with um, Heaven's, Heaven's Gate. Gate. Yeah, that was the three plus hour, multiple hundreds of millions of dollars tanking at the box office, and that's when Hollywood said, "You guys have had enough free reign." Yeah, and then in nineteen, and, and what movie won the Oscar that year? Chariots of Fire. <laughs> hey, let's watch a movie about people who run. <laughs> As someone who runs, I don't want to watch a movie about people who run. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, also this, that was the year that Gary Busey was nominated for uh, for the Buddy Holly story. Just nice to, to, to throw it out there. Also, Woody Allen got his acting nod and as a directing nod for Interiors. Yeah, <laughs> my least favorite Woody Allen movie, <laughs> and that includes all the ones he did for DreamWorks. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> So what do you think? Like I like it. Yeah, I like it. Um, I think it's a fun movie. There's a lot of things. It, it, the things that I don't like about it tend to be the things that are the most dated. Yeah, I agree um, with that. Some of the effects, but you know what? It, it's so, fine. I think the effects worked in this movie. I think they worked at, at the time. I, I yeah. think it's. I think they they're dated, but it's but it's fine and it's and it's charming in its yeah. own way. It's like it's the 1978 Superman. Yeah, That's I think it, I know? think the effects work for me just because I can suspend my disbelief because I've seen so much bad CG. Sure. That's kind of refreshing to go, oh, at least it's practical. You know, it's like, yeah. I know it's fake, but and it looks fake, but at least it's not like a cartoon. Yeah. Flying around like. I mean, the only thing that I don't like really is the ending. We didn't really we got into it a little bit just talking about the practicality yeah. of it. But but the the revolt, you know, the the saving Lois by traveling through time or whatever yeah. um, is such a bizarre choice. There's so many. I, I mean, I guess the idea and, and, and maybe they talk about this in some of the documentaries that, that you've mentioned, but. You know, I guess the idea must have been like, what's the, you know, he can do all of these big things and we've seen him do 
I feel like we don't get to see him doing enough Superman stuff yeah. in the movie, but we get to see him doing some things, chasing some bad guys and rescuing a cat and stuff. But <laughs> so they're like, well, what's going to be the big, yeah. how are we going to, you know, up the stakes for him, yeah. you know, make it personal and then have him do something that we've never seen Superman do before. And yeah. I, they went with that. That was their choice, and and it's just so mind-bogglingly weird. Like I could never imagine that happening now. Yeah, I I kind of agree with it. You got there's a couple things at least in the comic book world that you could bring into this argument that in the 1970s Superman was super over like he was overpowered, um so much so that in 19 yeah. the 1980s they actually like toned back his powers because they're like he, he could do anything yeah it's often well, it's gonna ca- be boring to read after yeah. a while because you're like well why would anyone even bother yeah because he can't be hurt or killed or slowed down or anything they they often call this time period the pre-crisis superman because in the 1980s 1984 or 1985 1985 there was a mini called crisis on infinite earths where they kind of wiped out all of the dc universe history and started from scratch. Mm. And so a lot of the characters who were had these crazy backgrounds and like just like bizarre, you know, racist <laughs> backgrounds <laughs> right. were wiped out. So in order Indian they could, man. Yeah. <laughs> Green Lantern had a sidekick named Pie Face. He was an Eskimo. <laughs> right. I don't really quite know why he was called Pie Face, but <laughs> that just sounds racist. Uh, it was probably very, very racist. <laughs> oh, yeah. it was. But then uh but yeah, super. So Superman got toned down back then. But beforehand, he could do anything. There was actually a very famous thing of Superman. One of his powers is to shoot a mini Superman out of his hand. <laughs> See, no, I'm not joking. He could. That was one of his powers. In what context would that ever be useful? <laughs> they did it in a comic. Get him, little soups. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Wee. Yes. Uh, so that yeah, on that. I, I just don't quite. I, I can't. I don't. I can't even picture it. <laughs> I, I can find a picture. How of it, did they not you. go with that in this film? Yeah, but I... little soups. You go. You go save New Jersey. Yeah. I'll go save California. Okay, boss. I think that that actually probably would have been a better thing. Is like Superman. Like all of a sudden out of nowhere, he splits into two Superman and goes flies off. There you go. That would have been a little more. Believable. I actually would have liked that maybe a little bit more than the re- the rotating the, <laughs> the Earth, Earth thing. backwards. But yeah, it's it's something grand. It's something so insane that yeah. that only they could pull it off in the in in the movie. I, I like I, th- I think they felt obligated to in the context of the movie because everybody knows to some degree like what he can do and him going and just saving the day isn't really gonna wow people so it needed to be something that's gonna blow people's minds and it's like what can superman do that yeah could accomplish that and apparently it's this but it just made me it just confuses me i think mario puzo they were told mario puzo like you have to do something like you have to like really up the ante at the end he's like uh, he travels That's back in time. Originally, <laughs> that was originally a scene in um, the book of The Godfather, which is not very good, where in order to save uh, Vito, oh, okay. Michael actually runs really, really <laughs> fast is. and he travels back through time and, he's, and he saves him from getting shot. Yeah, he puts the orange in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But no, I, what I... Some some of the things I really liked. I really liked the characterization of Lois Lane. It was very two dimensional, but it's memorable enough yeah. that she's not. She was she was catty, I suppose. Not catty. That's not a that's not a good word. 
No, but she she's a she's a ball buster. She's a go getter. Ball buster. Yeah. There you go. She's yeah. like when you think about very rough around the edges, but it works in that context. We literally just went through um, was it six Mar- six Marvel movies with all of these like sidekick women, and they're all kind of the same in a lot yeah. of ways. But at least Lois Lane, it's like she you know she got like all this stuff like she can't spell and she you know. She doesn't yeah. give a crap about these guys, and you know she's working in the, she's a woman working in the man's world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nobody pees her and rapist. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. It's like it's like that's like a clever joke. <laughs> like it's kind of a dark joke too, because they're making a rape joke. I mean, yeah. it's not necessarily a rape joke, but it's no. like a play on the rape joke. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not a rapist. Yeah, and you know, I I liked I I love the Glenn Ford Pa Kent. I think yeah. about if we look at it in comparison to the the current Man of Steel that just came out. It's like, the, what this is how Pa Kent should be. He should be this loving guy who kind of, you know, yeah. like he dies of a heart attack because you can't. Superman can't save a guy from a heart attack. Right. Superman can save a guy from a tornado. <laughs> right. <laughs> but he can't save a, a guy from a heart attack. Like, what's he going to do? He can't do anything to, to save that. Yeah. And that's what makes it so much more memorable. Yeah. You know, it's, oh, that's true. That's a good. Cr- yeah. That's me, very true. That Man of Steel, that depiction of Pac Kent just drove me crazy. Uh, I know. As much as I like Kevin Costner, it was just like. He's like, no, you can't save me. Yes, he can. It's just a tornado. It's not like it's, you know, <laughs> he, he can easily save you. <laughs> he just spins around the tornado in the opposite direction, direction really fast, fast. until it yeah. stops being a tornado and or travels back in time. <laughs> oh, that drives me crazy. Suddenly the tornado is in the 40s. But, uh, yeah, yeah, but I think the... The, the saddest thing is is that how dated seven, the 78th Superman is. It's just like... You know, first of all, the news media doesn't exist anymore like that. <laughs> yeah, I, it's 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 of its time, but I but I I definitely thought it it holds up. Yo, I yeah, mean, I enjoyed does. watching it. I, I think it's I think it's a good. I think everyone who's making these movies now needs to probably sit back and watch, watch this it. movie again, especially the, these DC movies. They need to sit and watch this and find out what did people like like. Going into this movie, you know, coming out of this movie um, from a Superman movie, like what works and and what doesn't, and you know, compare that to what they did, and it's like, yeah, and I think it's night and day. I think my my complaint that it kind of looks like a Muppet movie is stands up. I think that's a a, <laughs> a decent complaint. It's it, Muppets take Metropolis. Yeah, the Muppets take Metropolis. It definitely does. Like all those vignette scenes where he's like saving the cat and yeah. stopping the jewel thief. It all looks like something out of the Muppet movie. Yeah. Like, just the, even the feel of it feels like a Muppet movie. Well, same year. Well, that was 1979. I mean, yeah. we're right in the ballpark. I mean, well, it's Muppet a very Well, Muppet's Manhattan good... was the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was later. That's what um, I mean. No, Muppet, I'm sorry. Muppet movie was 77? Yeah, Muppet's Take Manhattan, I think, was 84? Yeah, Take Manhattan was 84. But, well, you said the Muppet movie, yeah, so I think, that's you what know, I was thinking. Yeah. Whatever I thought. That it's... Muppet movie. Yeah. Did you, did you find it weird that the... the it was sub- 79. I think I was right, because I think Caper was 82. <laughs> Sorry. The the substitution of New York City for Metropolis, like, like, I just found it weird. Like they keep on referring to it as Metropolis, but like it's all New York. Like there's the Statue of Liberty, and you see, <laughs> right. you see the Twin yeah. Towers and the Empire State Building. And yeah, I, I mean, think there's a Mets game <laughs> that he goes to. <laughs> Superman goes to the Mets. Yeah, I mean they all have like the it all says Metropolis. He on meets it. Wade Boggs at one point. <laughs> 
<laughs> Superman versus... And Koch is there. <laughs> How am I doing? <laughs> uh, and, and hey, it's Superman. It's not as bad as, as the Dark Knight where Gotham City, like there's scenes in Gotham City where it says like Chicago's best nuts right, in the background. Right, and you're like, right. ah, they could have caught that. This is a million dollar movie. You know? Yeah. I think they did. No, it's not quite like that. Yeah, it literally was. They were just going to be like. It's Metropolis, and then it's like nudge, nudge. Yeah, it's clearly New York City. (laughs) In the comic book world, uh, I believe Metropolis is in Delaware. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I believe it's Delaware. And Uh, Gotham City's in New Jersey, bustling metropolis of Dover. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Spring door factory, screen door factory. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What? Any other thoughts on the movie? No, no. I mean, I, I. I enjoyed it. I really did. Yeah. I, I I think it's fun. I mean, I'd seen it a few times. This is this was maybe the 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 fourth time, maybe in yeah. my life that I've seen this movie. But it's been a while. This is and like... I have the box set of all four on on DVD, <laughs> and I haven't watched any of the rest of them since I bought. I remember watching. I bought it, or I got it as a gift or something, and I watched the first one shortly after I got it a few years ago, and that was fun. And I had intended to get to the others, and I know that they're bad, but it's like, well, I have them. I might as well check them out. Uh, and I just haven't. See, so you're 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 we'll the com- you're the completionist. I I know that the movies are bad. I'm not going to watch. I Superman. Well, it's been a while, and yeah. I don't know that I've ever actually seen three or four. I mean, I've heard that they're bad, and I'm pretty sure I've seen the second one. Um, so it's more of just remembering and just seeing how bad. That's just for me. But uh, and because I already have them, so it's not like I got to go out of my way to see them. But I think the first one's great. I think it holds up. I like Donner. I mean, he can be hit or miss. Yeah. Um, but he's directed a ton of movies that I really, really like. I mean, I enjoy the hell out of the Omen. Oh, you the know, Omen's one of my the favorites. Goonies and Scrooged is wonderful. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got a, a a decent track record. Yeah. Uh, in the seventies and eighties. Yeah. The I think the movie holds up. I think it's great. I think it's a, a a product of its time. It's like, it's like watching a like any seventies cop movie. You know, it's like you have to just ex- understand that it's a product of its time. Yeah. You you can't look at it like this is. It's not. I don't. For me, I just don't feel like it's a classic, though. You know, like I feel like to a lot of people, the nineteen seventy eight Superman movie is a classic. I just don't feel like it's a classic to me. Um, I get. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, classic in the sense, I would not say that it's like one of the best movies of like the seventies. Like it's a like it's a classic of cinema in that sense. Yeah. Like we're talking about some of the movies we've mentioned already. I mean, there's but there's a lot of people who put it on like a best of the seventies list. Yeah, but I don't. I wouldn't agree. I, with I think that. those people haven't seen a lot of really great seventies <laughs> movies. Um, I think it's very good. Um, I think it's a lot of fun, and, and it holds up, and it's about as good as I would have expected it to be. Yeah, it it didn't disappoint me. No, but it, did. it lived up to whatever expectations I think I had in in my memory. I think they they could have they should have trimmed out about a half hour of that movie, <laughs> though. In my honest opinion, well. Can you read my mind? Do you know what it is that you do to me? I don't know who you are. Just a friend from another star. Here I am like a kid out of school 
Holding hands with a god. I'm a fool. Will you look at me? Quivering. Like a little girl, shivering. You can see right through me. Can you read my mind? Can you picture the things I'm thinking of? Wondering why you are all the wonderful things you are. You can fly. You belong in the sky. You and I could belong to each other. If you need a friend, I'm the one to fly to. If you need to be loved, here I am. Read my mind. All right, but I, I think that this section where we normally would place the movie in a different time period, I don't think we could do it because it's kind of hard. Because Superman, there's there's it's already a, been done. There's a an iteration times. of Superman that's existed in every decade, essentially. So I had started thinking about my plan for this was. Do, do you have one? Or? Well, no, uh, I I don't have like any specific year. Yeah. I, I kind of had a different thing that we could do today instead. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, I kind of was thinking of just what. Do you think is the best iteration of Superman out of oh. all of them that exist? I mean, okay. there's a lot of them out there. Well, I'm not a great person to ask only because I don't I haven't I'm not familiar with I've never seen any of the the, the old TV the show, old the TV old George show. Reeves stuff and heard any of the radio stuff. I mean, and I'm sure I wouldn't yeah. have chosen that anyway. Yeah. But but I don't know it kind of as a comparison. Um I, ooh, I yeah. mean, I'm almost defaulting to this yeah. because Superman Returns should have been great. I know we don't, people don't really talk about it much, but I think it should have been very good, and it looked pretty good. But well, it, was it was just a lousy movie. Well, it was just a complete ripoff. It was not a complete ripoff, but it was just a two-hour homage to this movie. Yeah, like everything, like even Brandon Routh's performance of Superman Clark Kent. Was just a ripoff right. of not a ripoff, but just a, well, it was like let's see, you know, everyone was impressed with how good of a Christopher Reeves yeah. Brandon Ralph was, and it's like, did we need to do that? Yeah. And since I despised Man of Steel, I found it incredibly boring and mm. and underwhelming. Um, I'm not gonna say that. No, so, I found it. I found it just loud. <laughs> It was very loud. With homeless Superman listening to Pearl Jam as he's going up north fighting polar bears. <laughs> I would watch a whole movie of that. <laughs> just, 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 just Superman and Eddie Vedder fighting polar bears. I only say that because... Fighting the, the mole man. Yeah, fighting the mole man. No, I mean, there's like there's a, there's so many iterations. Like, I've seen the old George Reeves stuff, you know, like watching that Nick at Night late mm-hmm. late. They're not great. I'm sure they're not. It's all the same. It's the Superman shows up, and then a bunch of burglars shoot at him. Yeah. And the bullets go flying everywhere, and then they throw the gun at him. <laughs> Every episode, it's the same damn thing. And I think yeah. I think Seinfeld does a bit about it where he says, 
you know, these guys are shooting, a, and then they throw the gun at Superman, and Superman ducks out of the way of the gun. Like, what? Why are you ducking away from the gun? <laughs> Just let it hit you. Yeah, it, it doesn't, doesn't hurt. hurt. Yeah. Well, it's because it would actually it hurt. hurt. Yeah. <laughs> George, George Reeves. Yeah. Um, you know, but they, it's it was interesting at the time, and I'm not a big radio serial fan. I know there's some people who, like, really like old yeah. serials. Those are the kind of people who, who listen to a lot of jazz because they want old people to like them. I guess it's it's you want old people to think they're cool. I, I I don't know off the top of my head. My favorite Superman is probably I I've always liked the animated Superman. Like the yeah. the Max Fleischer cartoons, I think are beautiful. Yeah. Um. The, yeah. I'm uh, not gonna say the 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 Super Friends. That was the, but... so fun. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. <laughs> that I've probably seen every single one of multiple times. Um, and they are just bewildering. Yes, you Superman! They are bewildering and amazing. Yes. And I love them, but I'm not, I'm probably not going to pick those. <laughs> Meanwhile, Superman and Wonder Woman and Green Lantern have been turned into gorillas. <laughs> it's like... I thought they were amazing. <laughs> Meanwhile, but... back at the Harlem Globetrotters <laughs> game. <laughs> Batman is playing with the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> Jesus. Um I but I think I think probably my favorite has been the um the Superman the animated series from the nineteen nineties. Um I've often said that yeah. like Batman the Batman animated series is my Batman. Um I was still a little too young to really get the nineteen eighty nine Batman. And you know, Batman devolved so badly, but during that time period, during the '90s, I always liked the Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, and the same thing is Superman the Animated Series was always kind of. I didn't of, like the Superman yeah. animated series. I think because I the characters aren't as compelling as the ones in Batman. The villains yeah. aren't as good. Well, the, the heroes aren't really as good. I think as interesting as as with as much depth. Um, and I felt like their style, like every every character was drawn in the exact same way, well, which the, I found the Bruce Tim style, yeah, yeah, kind of annoying. Yeah, um, and and I never thought Lois you was know, particularly likable. That whole that whole style, you know, of the entire anime, you yeah, it looks the same. <laughs> No, no, like, you know exactly like, what I'm talking it's like about. My dad commenting on a Monet. You know, how come he can't just draw it like how no, it looks? No, 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 no. You know exactly <laughs> I, I know what I'm talking about. You yeah. know, Superman, everybody, the, the, every the strong chins, the and strong the jaw, and the big, big upper and then, body, yeah. and then every woman always looked the same. They had these yeah. big, you know, sexy doe eyes, and then they were like these... so. Lois Lane played by Dana Delaney, the star <laughs> of China Beach. Exa- yeah, exactly. And yeah. Uh, uh, the Superman was played by not not Stephen Weber. It was the other it was Tim Daly from. Uh, from Wings. Oh, nice. <laughs> Why yeah, do I, I know so? Know. <laughs> I remember Dana Delaney. I did not remember that. Yes. Uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch it. I think just because I wasn't I'm never really into Superman. So it, it was not we were my jam. L- I, I was at least a little old when it came out. I think it came out in 95, 96. Yeah, it was and late. I was already was 15 at after. the time. Yeah, but I mean, there was no real but Superman. Batman was yeah. great. Yeah, Batman was awesome. The yeah. the animated series. So I, I agree with you there. Yeah, I went to uh, I I saw Superman four, the quest for peace in the theater, the great canon film, the film that killed canon. Uh, <laughs> and I gotta say, I was even as like a, a seven year old, I was like, really, <laughs> this is what we're doing now? Okay, <laughs> guy with fingernails. Huh? All right. <laughs> yes.
All right. So, any final thoughts on on the Superman movie? I uh, I I kind of agree that people who are currently doing DC movies need to watch this movie. Yeah, they could learn a lot. They could learn a lot about what makes Superman fun to watch and what makes him not fun to watch. I I, I always feel like the people who watch movies like this get the wrong message. Like Christopher Nolan probably watched this movie and said, "You know, people like two and a half hour movies. That's what they like." <laughs> <laughs> you're not listening sir <laughs> yes. um yeah it's and that's i I think it's just like you can have a light tone you got to remember these characters come out of the 1930s they come out of the 1940s it's it's a different time period and yeah. you they don't necessarily jive well with this modern post 9-11 way of thinking that we have so i mean i watching the preview for batman v superman that just came, debuted not mm. too long ago i'm just like what what why is superman crying <laughs> what's going on <laughs> I, I don't i don't know everyone's like are you excited for that movie i'm like not really yeah it's, kind it's, of dreading it a little bit i, I am too because i'm like this is gonna kill it this is gonna kill it all <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's it's like meanwhile you have these amazing like marvel movies where everyone's happy or <sighs> like lighthearted. yeah almost at the point of like too fluffy yeah yeah you know, well, and Marvel won't stop until they've got a movie coming out every single weekend, and the rest of the nights of the week we have to watch at least one Marvel show on TV. Yeah, they will not be satisfied until the <laughs> only thing that we can put in our eyeballs is Marvel properties. Uh, yeah, as long as they're the same quality as Daredevil, I'll be okay with yeah. the TV shows. Maybe not Agents of Shield, but if it's Daredevil <laughs> quality, I'll watch it. Um, uh, yeah. So I mean, I, what what grade would you give it? Uh, you know what? I, I want to change up the grading system we do. We normally okay. do 10 stars. Do 10 I want to change it to an A through F grade. Oh, an A through F grade? Okay. Yeah, with pluses and minuses. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I have a I, – I, I mentally, I think I have an approximation of what my of what d- my consistent scale is. IRL, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a teacher, so yeah. I, I t- generally tend to think in grading scales like this. Um, what, would you give, what would you give the 1978 Superman? Uh, I'm going to give it a B plus. Uh, I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a solid B, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of when it came out. I think there was like, a, like, you know, uh, Entertainment Weekly sometimes does like, we're going back and revisiting this and giving it a grade based upon now. Yeah. Well, I'm going to give it a grade probably in terms of its canon, I'm going to give it a B, but in terms of, in terms of when it came out and. I'm going to give it a B, but in terms of, like, its impact and, like, how it kind of holds up, I'm going to give it a B minus. Okay. Just because I've – or I'm going to give it a C plus. This is very complex grade. I know. I... <laughs> a C plus just because I just – they they had their heart in the right they, – they had their heart and their mind in the right direction. It's just – they just – it just – that end sequence and, like, they just never – there was no through line throughout the entire thing. Like, it was just kind of like a series of vignettes. Of yeah. Superman. There was no, like, A plot, B plot, you know, like, yeah. straight through. I don't know. That's kind of how I feel on it. It is forbidden for you to interfere. One thing I do know, son, and that is you are here for a reason. Those things I can do, all those powers, 
and I couldn't even save him. Uh, go to planetarbitrary.com for all your planet arbitrary needs. You can follow us on Twitter at, at planet arbitrary. You can follow Kevin at at K White says. Like our Facebook page backslash planet arbitrary. The best thing you could do for the podcast is to like, comment, and subscribe on iTunes. Uh, you could also listen to this podcast on our YouTube channel, on the Game Classy YouTube channel, because uh, I don't have a planet arbitrary one for some yeah. reason. But yeah. for the other podcasts that I do, Game Classy, you, where you could also listen to it at the Planet Arbitrary Network. That's all on tabletop games and you can also listen to the play on podcast which is all about video games so kevin uh until the next podcast guilty